What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All I wanted was one perfect Thanksgiving with my wife and kids, like the kind we used to have when I was little. Before cell phones and computers, we used to sit around, drink hot cider, and really talk. To be fair, it wasn't always pleasant and loving, but at least it was real. So I rented us a cabin several miles south of Flagstaff on the way to Lake Mary. It was close still, but the woods around the cabins made them feel remote, cut off. Most importantly though, no cell phones, tablets, or computers allowed. I alone brought my cell phone, just in case of emergency. But how are we going to cook Thanksgiving dinner in a cabin? Abby whines from the back seat. The same way the pilgrims did it, I said, trying to catch her eye in the rearview mirror. But she was too busy looking out the window, pouting. It will be educational. We're supposed to be taking time away from school, argued Holden. He was in high school now, so his tone had a sharper edge than Abby's. It's called vacation for a reason. Tiffany reached over from the passenger seat and laid her hand on my knee. My face must have been turning red again. I just focused on the road and kept driving deeper into the woods. If Abby hadn't needed to pee, we probably would have missed a pull-off completely. It was an unmarked dirt road that I was going to take just to give my daughter some privacy. But as I drove up it, I found the sign with the word, Cabins, painted in white, followed by an arrow. The GPS on your phone said we still had two more miles to go, Tiffany said. Must have relocated recently or something, I assured her. Those things are wrong sometimes. I told Abby she needed to hold it, because the cabins were only half a mile up the road. But even that turned out to be incorrect. We were driving for 15 more minutes before I pulled off to let her go. Tiffany asked Holden to go with his sister. Something isn't right, she said, once they were both out of earshot. We haven't gone too far. We can still get back to the main road and see if we made a wrong turn. You're right, I said. We haven't gone too far. Not far enough to know for sure. Fine, but if you get us lost or stuck... She broke off at the sound of the van door sliding open. Silently, she threw me a threatening look that finished her sentence for her. Luckily, it wasn't long before a small clearing revealed a circle of cabins a little farther up the road. Still... Tiffany looked uncomfortable. They look abandoned, she said. And that gate's closed. They're just old, probably, and it's not locked. Holden, will you go open it for us? The chains just needed to be unwrapped, and Holden was able to roll the gate out of the way. I was going to ask him to close it behind us, but I was starting to feel a little uncertain, too. The closer we got, the more I realized Tiffany was right. The cabins looked run down 
and abandoned. This isn't the place, Tiffany said quietly. This isn't it. I know it's not luxurious, but... No, David, she shouted. I'm telling you, David, that I saw the pictures online, and this is not the place. It could easily have been an old picture or... God damn it, David! Turn this car around now! I'm not really sure where I found the confidence to do what I did next. My wife doesn't yell much, but when she does, it's pretty terrifying. Still, somehow, I unbuckled my seatbelt and started marching towards the office cabin. Never mind that the office sign was dangling at an angle because one of the chains was snapped off and two of the windows were shattered. I reached for the door and by some twisted miracle, the handle turned and I found myself standing in a musty room with a fire burning in the hearth. Behind the desk was an old emaciated man whom I almost mistook for a skeleton. His pale skin was pulled impossibly tight around his skull. Can I help you? He asked in an unsteady voice. I told him about the reservations that we had made. It took him a while to flip through his old notebook to find the right date. From what I could see, it seemed like it was almost completely empty. He just kept flipping through until he landed on the page, November 27th, 2014. And there, in tiny writing, was my name. It felt weird to be validated at least. Now that I had proof that we were in the right place, I felt unsure about my eccentric Thanksgiving plans. So I got the place right, but now we have to spend it here? I paid the man and thanked him for the keys that he laid on the counter. Cabin 2 was all ours, but by the look of the place, we had run of the entire grounds. I walked outside and saw for the first time just how far away from Flagstaff we actually were. The dirt road had taken us up a little incline, but from where I stood, the whole city lay as far below as if we were atop a huge mountain. I caught Tiffany's eyes through the front window and dangled the keys victoriously. She just rolled her eyes and turned to say something to the kids that I couldn't hear. Probably told them what an amazing great guy I am, told them how incredibly smart I am, and how I'm always right. Yeah, I'm sure that's why she immediately broke off from talking when I opened the door. Happy Thanksgiving, Abby said, unenthusiastically. Turns out that the place was even more remote from civilization as we thought. There was no electricity, nor any running water. For a bathroom, there were some rickety outhouses in the courtyard area, next to the pathetic swing set, missing three of the four seats. They were just chains now, tinkling in the wind. Before we got around to unpacking, I had the unfortunate privilege of being the first one to get to use the outhouse. It was nice to have some time away from Tiffany while she cooled off, but there was something inherently terrifying about that outhouse. I remember sitting there, letting a log drop, and thinking to myself, holy shit, I still haven't heard a splash. 
So after I was done, I went outside to find a big rock and let it drop down the hole. I counted over 15 seconds before it finally splashed into the liquid below. 15 seconds. I'm no mathematician, but even I knew that it was a hell of a drop. I promptly told the kids to be careful using the bathroom, which was promptly met with sass. I've never fallen into a toilet before, said Holden. Don't plan to out here. Abby and Tiffany set about cleaning up the cabin, while Holden and I unloaded the van. Turns out the inside of the cabin was just as shabby as the outside appeared to be. There were layers of dust on everything, and old cobwebs stuck in every corner. Tiffany had successfully dusted the whole bottom floor before I carried a trunk upstairs and knocked a whole new layer off the bottom of the floorboards. That was my fault too, obviously. The next order of business was finding a way to actually cook Thanksgiving dinner, and it proved to be a much more monumental task than I had anticipated. The hearth was just large enough to stuff a turkey into, but I've never heard of anyone cooking a whole turkey over a fire. Apparently, it takes hours in a normal oven. So instead, Holden and I started digging a pit outside. I don't know much about cooking, but luckily, I'm an okay pit cook. We were just covering the pit with some old sheet metal when Abby pulled on my shirt sleeve and pointed out into the forest. He's there again, she whispered. No, he isn't, insisted Holden. Who is? I asked. Apparently, they had seen a man in the forest while we were driving up the road. She said that every once in a while, she would see him again, like he was following us or something. She said he looked very old, but he could move fast, like a deer. Because it was a deer, idiot, said Holden. You think I don't know what a deer looks like? Seems that way. I told them to stop arguing, but had to agree with Holden. There was no way someone could have been following us on foot, especially not an old man, if that's what she saw. She'd always had an overactive imagination anyways. If you see him again, tell me, I said. He's right there, she said, pointing back to the same spot. He's been listening to you the whole time. I raised myself up and followed where she was pointing. There was nothing there except a slight movement of some bushes in the wind. Still, I did feel a little strange all of a sudden, like there was someone watching me. Is he there still? I asked. No, he left when you looked up. I don't think he likes you. You can tell all that from so far away? Holden mocked. Abby didn't say anything anymore. She just shrugged and walked back inside. Holden and I followed her, towing the empty ice chest in as well. Sorry I couldn't come to the back. What did you need? Tiffany asked me when I walked in. She was at the counter, chopping lettuce on the newly cleaned counter. Abby and Holden had plopped themselves on the old sofa, looking bored and miserable. What do you mean? I asked. I heard you knocking at the back door, 
but I had my hands full. When I finally got to it, you weren't there. I told her that I was out front with Holden, digging the pit, but she was adamant that she heard something. I said something about the women in our family all being silly, which was met with enough scorn to send me to the ice chest for rum. I poured two drinks, but Tiffany shook her head, so I downed both of them. Happy Thanksgiving, guys, I said, trying to sound cheerful. Isn't this nice? No one said anything. Abby simply got up and said that she had to use the restroom. As she went out, I came up and tried to kiss Tiffany's neck, but she pulled away. The liquor made me feel better at least. Suddenly, there came a knock at the back door. Tiffany pointed towards it with her knife and gave me a I told you so kind of look. Guess it must be the guy from the office, I said. But when I opened the door, no one was there. The view was breathtaking though. Off to the south, you could see Lake Mary beginning to open up. Suddenly, I heard a loud banging sound, like wood on wood. It clapped again. Then Abby's scream punctuated the still air. I rushed around the side of the cabin and found the door to the outhouse banging open and closed as if it were being lashed by the wind. Daddy, please help me! Abby screamed from the inside. I tore the door open and found two little hands grasping onto the inside edge of the wooden toilet seat. It didn't take me but a heartbeat to grab hold of her little wrist and pull her up. But something was different. Her weight was different. She was only six years old, but felt like she suddenly weighed 200 pounds. What the fuck are you doing? Pull her up! Holden yelled. I moved to lay both of my hands on just her right arm, while Holden grabbed onto her left wrist. We both strained as hard as we could, but she only barely started coming out over the edge of the seat. It hurts, Daddy! She cried out. He's holding on to my legs! Without thinking, I told Holden to hang on to both of her arms and not to drop her, no matter what. I don't know what compelled me to believe her at that moment, but I rushed out and grabbed the biggest rock I could. Why are you getting a rock? Tiffany cried out. What are you doing to her? I just rushed back into the outhouse, aimed the rock and let it drop just behind Abby. I heard a faraway thunk, and suddenly, Holden lurched back, yanking Abby out of the outhouse hole. She hugged onto him as hard as she could and started crying her eyes out into his shoulder. It was growing darker every moment, but even in the coming night, I could tell that Holden was crying too. Tiffany was looking at me with a mixture of anger and relief burning in her eyes. I nodded without saying a word and started walking towards the office building. Behind me, I heard Holden stand up and carry Abby back into the cabin where Tiffany was likely going to start getting our things together. Whether he was there to give us our money back or not, I knew we had to go. Of course, he wasn't. The door was not locked, but inside, the fire had gone out and the room was dark and cold. I quickly went upstairs to see if he had a room, 
but I found the space completely empty. It looked oddly vacant, like there was supposed to be someone up there, but there wasn't. It didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was we had to go, with or without an explanation. Did you feel it? I asked Holden when I came back into the cabin. They were hurriedly getting our things together, stuffing it haphazardly into the bags. Did you feel how heavy she was? I told you he was trying to pull me down. As Abby said this, her eyes started watering again. Look! She rolled her shorts up on her right leg, revealing a fading red imprint on her thigh. Tiffany stopped what she was doing and leaned in close to look at it. She looked suddenly as if something had broken inside of her. Grabbing me by the arm, she hauled me into the other room. Where did you go after you went to the back door? She hissed. What do you mean? I asked, suddenly realizing what she was saying. Are you fucking kidding me, Tiffany? Are you seriously going to stand there and suggest? You're sick. You're fucking sick. What's the alternative? She almost shrieked this time. That there's a monster living in the toilet that reached up and snatched her? Yes, if it's either that, or suggest that I would try to hurt our daughter, then fucking yes, you're supposed to believe that. She just gave me a freezing look and turned to continue packing. By the time we had everything packed and ready, it was full dark outside. It must have gotten cloudy too, because not even the stars were visible. I just threw the keys out the window at the office door and pulled out into the road. When we got to the gate, Tiffany shuddered and put her hand over her mouth. It's locked, Holden said, disbelief in his voice. What the padlock? How? It wasn't me, I said quickly. Of course it wasn't you, Daddy, Abby said. I gave Tiffany a look and repeated, Of course it wasn't you, Daddy. She just rolled her eyes, looked out the window, and screamed like I had never heard her scream before. There, standing not several feet away from the car, caught in the high beams, was the old man from the office. Except this time, he was covered in brown stuff, dripping wet. His face was an icy blue, his lips purple. He was ghastly white, shaking and sodden. He went to take on step, and the next moment, he had his nose pressed to Abby's window. I didn't even hesitate in throwing the car into drive and accelerating as fast as I could. I'd seen that shit in movies, so I was praying that it would work in real life. Luckily, it did. We hit the gate full force and knocked the entire thing over. But even as we torn down the winding hillside path, Abby kept looking back and shrieking over and over. I knew something must be following us, but I was too zoned into driving to look back. One wrong move, and I could potentially destroy the car and us inside. Everyone buckle up, I shouted. The clicking of the belt buckles gave me at least a little relief. The next ten minutes were agony, navigating the winding road while listening to Abby shrieking in the back seat. Tiffany tried reaching back and holding her hand, but nothing would console her. At last, the dirt road wound its way 
to the asphalt of the highway. As soon as the tires hit the street, I felt a huge rush of relief. Everyone else must have too, because the shrieking stopped. There was not a sound, but the engine running for a good 30 minutes before Holden was the first to giggle a little. Suddenly, Tiffany gave a little snort. The full weight of how ridiculous, impossible, and terrifying everything was flooded through the car. We were all laughing and looking at each other. Once the laughter died down, Abby piped up. You aren't the ones that almost jumped in an outhouse. I don't think it's very funny at all. Once we got into town, I took the kids to Denny's for our Thanksgiving dinner. I guess in a crazy way, I finally got what I wanted though. We were all sitting around the table, talking and laughing like nothing had happened. It almost felt like we were one of those close, communicative families. So what brings you guys into Denny's on Thanksgiving? The waitress asked. Just a very poor planned trip to the Starlight Cabins by Lake Mary. The waitress looked at us weird, like we had spoken nonsense. Tiffany asked her why she was looking at us so weird. That place has been closed for years, the waitress said. Some gang went up there, robbed the owner, and threw him down into an outhouse well. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.